0: This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Okay, let's do it all together. Good morning, everybody. There you are. All right, you can have a seat if you would. I want to say um, welcome to New Life. Welcome to this community of faith, this Family of believers. We are followers of Jesus, and um, when we come to church, we come to church with a passion to learn. And that means for those of you who are brand new, I, wa- I want to give a very special welcome to. If you've never been here before, you have no idea what to expect. So let me see if I can uh, sort of give you the lay of the land. We are a church that's passionate about learning, which means when we come, We don't just repeat religious rituals. Uh, We come ready to be instructed from God's Word every single Sunday, ready to learn and then eager to go home and put into practice in our lives what we learn in church. And uh, so it's a learning experience, and and I want to invite you along in that process, even if this is your first time here. On the inside of your program, there are three things that you will need in, in order to uh, most effectively learn this morning. And the first is a half sheet of notes that, that at the top is labeled teaching notes. So if let's all go find that right now. Then there's two other things that you'll need to pull out of your program. One is uh, something that uh, Kevin just talked to you about, and that's the Connect card. That, uh, you, that he had you put your name and email address on because that's got some next steps on the back of it that I'll work you through at the very end of what I'm going to teach you about this morning. And then a third thing is there's a half sheet of paper that at the top says 10 days of Thanksgiving. Can you find it? Got it? All right, if you got those three, three things out, then we are ready to go. If you're looking at my arm and you see a nice little Yogi Bear bandage, then you'll know that I have been to Kids Life this morning and I got repaired by the Kids Life staff. And they picked out one that matched my shirt. Are you impressed? (laughs) That's pretty good. All right. So um, having taken care of all of that business, let me bring you up to speed about where we are as a church. We are in about halfway through a project called New Testament Challenge and it it's called New Testament Challenge because there's it's church-wide and there's about 300 of us adults who are reading through the entire New Testament in 12 weeks. That's the last section of the Bible, sort of from the life of Jesus on. And um we are learning lots of wonderful things. We have I don't know, 25 or 26 life groups. Those are small um, small group Bible studies that meet in homes and some at the church building throughout the week. And in those life groups, we are discussing what we're learning out of God's Word as we read through the entire New Testament in 12 weeks. And then Kevin and I are teaching on the major themes that the New Testament talks about during this time. So the theme that I'm going to talk to you about this morning is the theme of gratitude. Now I'm going to start with a basic assumption. I'm going to start with the assumption that every single person in our audience this morning wants to be a person of gratitude. Would that be a safe assumption to make? Yeah. We want to be that. And and yet do we find that a challenge from time to time? Some of us have found that a challenge already this morning. I know. Just because we are people and we got out of bed and some of us got on the wrong side. We got out of bed on the wrong side. And some of us are convinced that our wife or husband actually got out of bed on the wrong side. But in either way, we're having a difficult time being really grateful this morning. And so, hey, welcome to life. Now, what can we learn about that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm going to walk you through three things. We're going to talk about the parable of the blue planet. Jesus often taught in parables. I'm going to teach you in a parable this morning about a blue planet. We're going to to learn from the principle of the two lists. And then we're going to learn from, from the power of looking beyond the gift to the giver. So let's jump into that. We're going, to, we're going to look at it in the New Testament, but I want you to know that over 70 different times in the New Testament, God addresses the subject of gratitude or being thankful. It's one of the major themes, but it didn't start with the life of Jesus. It's throughout the entire Bible, and, and I'm going to reach back a few hundred years before Christ, and I'm going to pull a passage from one of the Old Testament prophets, and it's a passage that challenges me to my core. Take a look at it up here. The prophet Habakkuk says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Let's stop right there. This guy could live in post-2008 America, right? Yeah. Figuratively speaking, he's upside down and sinking fast. He's got serious financial problems. But how does he end it? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. How could that guy do that? What empowered him to do that? Because when I look at that, I say, man God, I want to be like that. That no matter what happens in my life, I can maintain this attitude of gratitude and joy and and all the other things that sort of go with that. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to learn some tools in doing that. So let's move into the New Testament, and let's start with a picture. Take a look at, at, at this picture, and uh, you know, I remember the first time I saw that, I was shocked when I saw that picture. Unlike many of you who were not alive in 1962, I was, okay, okay? And for the first time in the history of mankind, we were able to get far enough away from the earth to actually take a picture of it. And we discovered something about our earth. We discovered that it was not brown or black, that it was actually blue. And the reason it's blue is because the oceans cover 71% of its surface area. And so they dominate what we see when we can get back far enough to take the big picture. Now the truth, the parable of of the blue planet is this. In the same way that when we get back and take a look at the earth and we can see it's predominantly blue, have you ever asked yourself if you could stand back from the life of a Christian far enough to take in their entire life what would it be predominantly? What characteristics would it have in the overall setting? Well, I have to tell you that one of the major and predominant characteristics of a follower of Christ is gratitude. Take a look at what the Bible has to say about that. We're going to read several scriptures. Ephesians 5 20 says, give thanks for, what's the next word? Would that mean it would be a predominant characteristic in your life? Give thanks for everything. That's not 71% of what happens in your life. That's how much? 100%. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to read that one out loud with me for a couple of reasons. When we get down to the next steps at the very end, I'm going to challenge you to actually memorize this passage of Scripture this week, and I'll tell you why later. But let's read it out loud together. Ready? First Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wow. Once again, it's for everything. Let's take a look at the next passage as well. Colossians chapter 3 says, what's the first word? Always be thankful. Are you catching a theme here? Yeah. Yeah. This is the predominant characteristic of a follower of Christ when it comes to attitude and character that the followers of Christ exude gratitude. It just comes out of them everywhere. Now I'm going to take you to a passage that's going to be our text for the morning. And and we're going to pull these principles out of that text. And here it is in Philippians chapter 4. It says, Be full of joy in the Lord always. I will say again, be full of joy. Let everyone see that you are gentle and kind. The Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need. Here's our theme. What's the next? Always giving thanks. And God's peace, which is so great, we cannot understand it, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Think about the things that are good and worthy of praise. Think about the things that are true and honorable and right and pure and beautiful and respected. Do what you have learned and received from me, what I told you and what you saw me do. And the God of peace and the God who gives peace will be with you. Now, I underline the three words always giving thanks because this is the parable of the blue planet. This is the challenge that God gives to us is to always give thanks, to have this thankful spirit. So I have some sort of analysis questions to ask us. But before we get to those, I want to ask you one question. Here's the challenge, that you and I would be as grateful in our lives as our world is blue. Got it? So how, how do we know if we are? Because probably if on the way in I had asked every person, Hey, good morning. Welcome to church. Are you grateful? I would probably get, Oh, yeah. Are you a grateful person? Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, let's ask ourselves some tough questions. All right? Here they are up here. Three of them. What specific things have I thanked God for this morning? Some of you are going, Oh, man, I haven't even prayed yet. Okay, well then, you don't get an A-plus for being grateful today. You've been up for a while now, and you haven't thanked God for one thing yet. I know. I'm sorry. That's sort of accusatory. But you've got to get with the program. Okay? Let's go to question number two. What specific things have I thanked my family for this morning? And by the way, sitting in the car and honking the horn is not considered gratitude. And when everybody finally gets in, it's about time, doesn't qualify for gratitude. You got it? You know, when we start asking ourselves specific questions, it's amazing how much slack we cut ourselves, sort of in the overall Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a basically grateful person. I, I, yeah, I'm, I express thanks. Well, okay. We, what about early this morning? What about with our family? What do you thank people for once you got to church? Some of you have small kids. You went to children's check-in. You checked in your children with people who are standing while you are here. They're over there watching over your children, making sure that your children are okay and making sure that nothing bad happens to them. And, and then you walk your children around the corner and you walk them to their classroom and you check them in with their teachers. And while you're sitting in here being instructed, those people for the next hour and 15 minutes are going to be working hard with their children have many things to be thankful for. Somebody gave you a program on the way in this morning. Somebody gave you a name tag on the way in this morning. Hopefully, somebody, several somebody's greeted you during our meet and greet time and welcome time. We have many things for which to be thankful. So the question is, does this predominate my life? Does it just naturally flow? out of me. That's the parable of the blue planet. Now, we're going to go back to that passage and we're going to pull a different part of that passage out because it's going to talk to us about the principle of the two lists. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. You see the part that's underlined? Paul says, Think about the things that are good And worthy of praise. In fact, let's go back up to the very beginning. I've got a little learning exercise for you. As we go through, we're going to identify all the warm and fuzzy words in this passage. All right? So you ready to circle some words? Here we go. Be full of joy. There's the first warm and fuzzy word, right? Be full of joy in the Lord always. I say again, be full of joy. So you can circle joy twice. Let everyone see that you are, what's the next word? Gentle, that's a warm and fuzzy word. And kind, that's another warm and fuzzy word. The Lord is coming soon. Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. And giving thanks is warm and fuzzy, so we can circle that. And God's peace, that's a warm and fuzzy word, which is so great we cannot understand it. We'll keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, think about things that are good. That's a warm and fuzzy word. And worthy of praise. There's another warm and fuzzy word. Think about the things that are true. That's another one. And honorable. That's another one. And right. That's another one. And pure. That's another one. And beautiful. That's another one. And respected. Are you catching a theme? It's just all through there. And there's even more after that. There, there's And God talks about... Uh, the God who gives peace will be with you. Now the reason I had you circle all those words is because a pastor friend of mine years ago said to me, Ron, I want to teach you a truth that will change your life if you believe it. So every single person who gets up in the morning has at their disposal two lists. And the one list is all the reasons they have to be sad, lonely, Angry, bitter, frustrated, and ungrateful. And a bunch of other bad words. Okay? Okay? It's all the times they've been wronged. It's all the bad things that happened to them. It's all the things they didn't deserve that happened to them. And it's it's all about the things that other people got that they deserved. And it's about the way they've been mistreated. And it's about all the breaks other people get. And the breaks that they haven't gotten in life. And the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. Everybody has that list. But he said, you also have another list. And that's all the blessings that you have in life. All the wonderful things that you have received. All the days that you have been given. All the talents that you've been given. The children you've been given. Some of you don't know which list to put those on. But anyway, (laughs) I'd put them on the... I'd put them on the right list, okay? Your wife or your husband, let's get them on the right list, okay? And, and, and your job and, and strength and your health. And, and the list just goes on and on and on. Now, I want you to get this. Both of those lists are equally true. Because a lot of times people say to me, Pastor, I just think about whatever's true, you know? And to tell you the truth, my life is the pits right now. Whoa, time out, time out. It's the pits. Because you're choosing to think about only 50% of what's true. You remember the passage I read to you way back at the beginning? Where Habakkuk said, there's no grapes on the vines, and the crops are all dying in the field, and the cows are all dying, and and there's no cattle in the stall, and all that stuff. Which list was that, by the way? That was this one over here, correct? But you know something Habakkuk had another list that though he didn't list it there, he was aware of the fact that God was still his God and that God was mindful of him and that no matter what happened to him, God had a way to get him through it and that God would bring good from it. And Habakkuk probably had a wife and he was grateful for her. Probably had kids. He was grateful for them. He had other prophets that he worked with on a daily basis. He was grateful for them. He lived in the Jewish nation. So there was a high priest. He was grateful for the high priest who was teaching God's people. There was a whole group of priests who were teaching God's people. He was grateful for those. And the list of things that he could rejoice in was just as long as the list of things that were bad. But he chose to think about the good list, not the bad list. So you're not going to make the choice based upon which is true. You're going to make the choice based upon which list you choose to think about. Now, I didn't say that would be easy, did I? No, but it's true. You get to choose whichever list you're going to think about every day. And if you want to be grateful, you get on the right list of all the things that you have to be grateful for and you stay on that list. Does that mean you deny all this other stuff and pretend like it doesn't exist? No. You take breaks from this and you run over there and you work on something when you can work on a solution. But if you can't work on a solution, why spend time on that list? Right? Nothing good happens unless you have the opportunity to work on a solution. But where do you spend the bulk of your time? Over here. That makes sense to everybody? That's why Paul writes and says, Think about these things. Okay? And so I want you to put sort of a double circle around that phrase. Think about the things. Because that needs to jump out at you and me. Because if we will do that, then we will experience this wonderful growing level of gratitude. And by the way, all those other warm fuzzy words they all sort of come in the package. When you are grateful, it increases your level of peace. When you are grateful, it increases your level of kindness. Am I right about that? Yeah. When you are grateful, it increases your level of gentleness. When you are grateful, it increases your level of goodness. Yeah. They all sort of come out of that same place in the human spirit. And so God says... All right, I want you to tap into that. I've given you the opportunity to think about the right list. So that is the principle of the two lists. Now, let's go to number three. And the third thing is looking beyond, the power of looking beyond the gift to the giver. If you're a gardener, You know the amazing power of fertilizer. You can have a plant that's struggling and you're watering and it's just not making it. And if you get the right fertilizer and you put it on that plant in the right proportions in a day or two, what happens? Holy moly, the whole plant turns around. It's growing. It's vibrant. It's all the things that it should be. Why? Because you have just fed it the fertilizer Fuel that nurtures it from the inside out. I want to tell you that this principle of looking beyond the gift to the giver is like putting fertilizer on your gratitude. That's what it does. It's amazingly powerful. Now, in this passage, Paul points us to this. In fact, as he's talking about these things, notice he directs them and says, "...the Lord is coming soon." Is this a passage about the coming of Jesus? No, not really. But it's a passage about being grateful. But he said, "I want you can increase your gratitude factor if you recognize that many of the things on this list that is good, many of those things have come to you directly from the Lord, but don't get so focused on the gifts of God that you miss the God who gives the gifts." By the way, that's also true when people give us gifts. That's so why at the very end he says, and the God who gives peace, he stops, he ends, by pointing them back to the God who gives uh, peace. I want to tell you how this played itself out in my life recently. I did a very simple thing for a pastor friend of mine who lives in Sacramento. And it, believe me, it was no great sacrifice I called him up and said, you want to golf? That's a sacrifice I could make often, right? He said, oh, I'm so busy and stuff. And he said, I really missed the game. And I said, well, just take a portion of a day and let's go, let's go spin it together on the golf course. And I sort of twisted his arm a little bit. And he said, okay. I said, I'll even drive to Sacramento. So I got in my car and I drove to Sacramento. And this pastor friend and I went out on a golf course, and we got in a golf cart together. We started playing golf. We had a great time. And uh, I came back home, and the next day, I had a very uh, simple text message. said, hey, Ron, wow, was that fun. He said, thanks for twisting my arm, making the arrangements for us to go golfing. Okay? What's he thanking me for? That's the gift, right? But notice what he said next. He said, I love hanging out with you. It's always life-giving to me. Now is he talking about the gift or the giver? He's talking about the giver. But you know how he closed it? And still when I think about it, it touches me. He said, thanks for just being you. You know, I read that several times. It was good for me. But it was good for me on more than one level. It was not only good for me because of what he said about me, but it was good for me because it opened my eyes to this principle I'm teaching you today. I realized as he went beyond the gift to the giver, it multiplied his level of gratitude And it multiplied my level of appreciation. Can you see how that works? Yeah, by the way, which is more important, the gift or the giver? Which? The giver is always more important than the gift. So how can we apply this today? First of all, if you'll take out your Connect cards and on the back you'll see what's also on the bottom of your notes. And I'm going to give us three ways. And the first one is that we could memorize 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which we already read. Now, why would I want us to memorize it so we can add to our bank of Bible trivia? No. Okay? The reason I want us to memorize it is because this is a place of challenge that you and I live in every day. Some of us are going to get in our car. We're going to pull out of the driveway. We're going to pull onto McDowell. And somebody's going to cut us off and we will feel anything but thankful. And I want this verse to be ringing in our ears, which says, What? Give thanks in all circumstances. So I want you, when that happens, to say, Thank you, Jesus, that I didn't hit that guy. Because that could have happened. What if he cuts you off and does hit you? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not hurt. What if you are hurt? Thank you, Jesus, I wasn't killed. What if I am killed? Thank you, Jesus, I'm in heaven. Got it? There's always something to be thankful for if we follow Christ. Yeah. So I want that verse to ring in our ears. Okay? Principle number two. I will complete the 10 days of Thanksgiving. Pull out that sheet and you'll see that there are some numbers on the left. Those are not random numbers. They actually represent the, the, like November 14, November 15, and so forth. Those are the 10 days between now and Thanksgiving. And you can see on each day there are three blanks. You know what we're doing? We're building our good list, okay, so each day we're going to we're going to write down three things for which we are grateful and here are some sort of house rules about that. You cannot repeat anything within the 10 days. Even though I know my wife would write my name down three times every day. Yeah, right. Okay. So no repeats. But we're going to write down three different things that we're grateful for. And those of you who are really good at math will know that by Thanksgiving, how many things will we have on our list? 30 different things that we are grateful for. But that's not all we're going to do. Each day, we're going to take a few minutes and thank God for those three things. Because in some way, they would not be in our life if God didn't have His hand in it somewhere but we're going to do one other thing with it. So each day, we're praying about three different things. And we're saying, you know, in the the process, God, would you make me a grateful person? Not just grateful for these things, but increase my gratitude. On Thanksgiving Day, we're going to find a half hour of our time that we can draw apart from everybody else, and we're going to pray through all 30. So instead of it just being football, food, and family... It's going to be gratitude, family, food, and football. Did you catch the order? Okay. So it can be a real Thanksgiving day. And then the last thing is this Christmas season, when we write thank you cards to people who give us gifts, and you can go, whoa, wait a minute, that's a big assumption right there. I want to challenge us Okay, I want to challenge us as we're giving gifts this Christmas season to actually keep a log, write down the gift, write down the giver. And then I want to challenge us to, as we write, it could be a, 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 you know, a handwritten note. It could be a text, you know, the text message I got from my friend was less than 160 characters. But it, it communicated a lot to me, okay? Could be a text, could be an email. I don't care how you do it. But here's the deal. We're not just going to thank them for the gift and how thoughtful the gift was. What are we going to do? We're also going to be grateful, not just to the giver, be grateful for the giver and communicate that. Everybody on board with that? Yeah. Because as we do that, we will represent Christ well wherever we go. And we are his followers. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Boy, the list of things that we could thank you for would be endless. Thank you even right now that we're getting ready to enter a time of communion. and We're getting ready to enter a time of baptism. And all the things that you did for us so that we could do those. So right now, Lord, we come and say thank you. But we have a prayer request as well that you would raise the level of gratitude in our hearts and our lives, that we would not just express thanks, but that we would be a genuinely thankful people in every circumstance. So would you hear and answer our prayer? Bless us now as we respond to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message.